second half of the NASCAR season with a bang. We have a lot of controversy to talk about. We have some silly season confirmations, lots of rain, and new and improved broadcasting to talk about. So without further ado, let's get to it. This episode of Above the Yellow Line was presented to you by Haymaker Coffee. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, Haymaker Coffee has the coffee for you. Make sure to use the promo RACE10 to get 10% off your order of Haymaker Coffee. Hey race fans, it's Taylor, and welcome back to Above the Yellow Line, where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series, and Nashville seemed like a fun time, minus the rain. I appreciate the fans that stuck it out. I think the race ended at midnight my time, but I will say untimely cautions and the rain affected the results just a little bit, but I will say we saw Nashville under the lights. I think just moving forward, I think that would be a really good idea for NASCAR to put this race as a night race, maybe a Saturday night? I'm not really sure if we can get that prime time spot, but I think NASCAR should look into it. <laughs> Nevertheless, I think it's time to look at our results of the Ally 400. With less than 10 to go, there was a caution from the 77. It messed a lot of strategy up. A lot of guys chose to pit. Some guys chose to stay out. Elliot was the guy that chose to stay out, which was, in my opinion, a very risky and questionable call. But I will admit, I was wrong, and it ended up winning him the race. This win is Elliott's 15th Career Cup Series win and also great redemption from being disqualified last year at Nashville's race to winning this year. And I guess the wins kept in the Hendrick Motorsports camp because, you know, last year Larson win, this year Elliott wins. Maybe we'll see a Byron or Bowman win next season. Who knows? But Dover, we remember this. When it was rain delayed, it was moved to a Monday concrete track. Elliott won that one. Same thing here, even though it wasn't rain delayed till the next day. Rain hit the track, concrete track, Elliott won. So... Maybe we're seeing a pattern with Chase Elliott here. I, I know he didn't win any of the oval courses last year, but maybe this year, as long as we have rain and it's on concrete, Elliott has a chance to win. We might see him win next week at Road America, though. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but let's get to the rest of our top 10 results. In second place, we have Kurt Busch. He was the highest finishing Toyota again, same as last week. Ryan Blaney in third position. He gave Elliott a great push on the restart and really got him the win. What I gotta mention about Ryan Blaney is on lap 205, he actually spun out and then recovered to get a third place finish. Very impressive. He actually had a decent car and I, I'm curious what his car would have done in clean air. He just didn't get that opportunity enough to be able to really take advantage of a lead if he ever had one. So a solid finish from Ryan Blaney, but I would like to see him not pushing the guy to the win, but actually getting the win himself. Fourth place, we have Kyle Larson. He moved all day but could not defend his win from last year. Fifth, we have Ross Chastain coming back from multiple issues. Denny Hamlin, a major L for the Toyotas today, coming home in sixth place after leading the most laps of the day. Seventh place was Austin Cindric. He fought back from quite a few issues on Sunday, and this is the definition of never giving up, which is very good because we've only seen him really shine either the Daytona 500 or on a road course. This is, I believe, his first top 10 of the season that is not at a road course, minus a super speedway, so a, a really good day for Austin Cindric, one that he definitely needed. In eighth place is Christopher Bell, ninth is Joey Logano, and tenth is Kevin Harvick. At one point, it was Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr., the big three from 2018. I had some nostalgia. I don't know if I can say there's nostalgia for, like, 2018, but at this point in our lives, I'm going to say there is. So it was really nice to see them all leaders switch out the lead at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really miss those times, and I'm hoping at some point Harvick can win this season. I don't know if it's going to happen. Let me know in the comments below if you think it could this season, but let's get to our notable finishers outside the top ten. 
And 13th, this kind of breaks my heart, Michael McDowell, he was in the top 10 all day long and then that caution with less than 10 to go really screwed up his strategy. Granted, it screwed up a lot of guys' strategies because everyone behind Chase Elliott kind of went into pit road, some people stayed out, some people went in, but Michael McDowell was victim to this caution, but he had a very solid day overall. He got stage points and everything, so McDowell moving in the right direction. I don't understand what his team is doing differently than last season and quite honestly it could just be the car is favoring McDowell's racing style but another good day for that 34 team. Two guys that were in the front of the field for most of the day until the very end Kyle Busch in 21st, Truex in 22nd. Just have to point that out there for now. We'll talk about that a little bit later and then finally in 30th Chris Busher. Unfortunately for the 17 team, they had a loose tire went out on the track. That is a four-week suspension for the crew chief, the jackman, and the rear tire changer. And this is unfortunate for Chris Buescher because he's had a really solid season. This is going to be a loss in points as well. And for somebody who was, I felt like, was able to win their way into the playoffs, this makes that a little bit more difficult. Obviously, you get a win and you get in, but you also want to be close enough on points to where you don't feel that added pressure that the win is your only option. But unfortunately, this kind of put Busher back in the standings just a little bit points wise. So I, I'm hoping they can overcome this or they can get a win. And I know he's good at road courses. I'll be looking at him to do well at Road America. But this is, I believe, the 10th loose tire violation that we have had this season with the single lug nut, something that maybe NASCAR needs to reconsider for next season. Not sure, but not a good day for Chris Busher at all. Those are the results. Now let's look at the point standings post Nashville. Of course, starting with the above the yellow lines point standings here. Now, I will say I didn't do as well this weekend, but at least I'm not dead last. I had Tyler Reddick winning. I had a lot of faith in him because of practice and how well he did. Unfortunately, he did not live up to his end of the bargain here. I have 42 points. Brandon Lowe had Kyle Larson. He has 44 points, finishing the best out of the rest of us on Sunday. Adam chose Ross Chastain. He's now up to 47 points. And then Dom chose Denny Hamlin yet again. And unfortunately, this week it did not work out for him. At the very last minute, he has 41 points. Now let's look at the points that actually matter. The Cup Series playoff grid. Chase Elliott now with two wins sits above everyone else in the playoff standings as he has had the most points and now he has two wins to back it up. Ross Chastain is behind him, then William Byron, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, Daniel Suarez is up there. Then Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, Austin Cindric, and Chase Briscoe. Cindric actually moved above Briscoe in the standings this week. Then if we look to the guys that have not won a race yet, but then are into the playoffs on points, we have Ryan Blaney extending his lead over Martin Truex Jr. Last week, it was a 30-point gap. This week, it is a 39-point gap. I will say a lot of that did have to do with how the caution fell at the end. Yet again, Martin Truex Jr. was leading a lot of this race and was in the top three for most of this race. And unfortunately, with that caution and that decision to come to pit road, it put it in towards the back of the pack. After Truex, plus 73 to the good, you have Christopher Bell, plus 37 to the good. Then here's where the switch happens. Kevin Harvick is now above the cutoff line, plus 9. Almirola is under, minus 9. And when you look at the guys that are under the cutoff line right now, there's only one switch I want to draw your attention to. And that guy is Bubba Wallace. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was 24th in points last weekend. This week, that guy is Bubba Wallace. He is 139 points below the cutoff line. He's probably going to need a win to get into the playoffs. So hopefully by looking at our point standings and the results, we kind of can tell who was hot, who was not at Nashville. So I think it's time to take a look at our Xyloware MVP Award of the Week. 
Of course, a negative note, let's choose our LVP, and I can't choose a whole manufacturer, and I'm pretty sure you guys are like, well, Toyota was awful this week, and they lost it all when it mattered most, and I will say that is true, but the Toyotas actually showed up really well in the first three-fourths of the race, so I don't feel like it's fair to give them all the LVP award. I will say, though, Denny Hamlin is my honorable mention. He led 114 laps of this race. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to win it, but he did come back for a sixth-place finish. The guy I will say that disappointed me the most was Martin Truex Jr., of course, if we remember last year's race, Martin Truex Jr. did not have a good time. He did not do well in practice qualifying, or if we even had those, he also did not do well in the race itself. So this year was a very big improvement. Unfortunately, though, what I was hoping to see is that he improved and he was able to keep his position. Unfortunately, that did not happen for Truex, and he finished in the 22nd position. So for that reason, I feel like Martin Truex Jr. has to be my LVP of the week. Now for the MVP of the week. I gotta say, I didn't give it to this guy last time he won, but I gotta give it to Chase Elliott. This time, as he bested the Toyotas at the end of the day, had a really good car, really good, but risky strategy call that paid off. So Chase Elliott is this week's Xyloware MVP of the week. Before we get to my race rating in your comments, let's go down the line talking about key moments from the race and big NASCAR news from this past week. First off, we got to talk about the controversy. Should there have been a caution in the last three laps? Let's kind of break it down, talk about it. So with four to go, Kozlowski and Briscoe got into it with each other, both hit the wall, but were able to kind of keep going. And then Kozlowski started to go really slow on the track. Of course, he got to the apron, was going really slow. But there was a moment with three to go where you saw Kozlowski still on the track and Chase Elliott and the rest of the field kind of coming towards him. At that point, I feel like there definitely should have been a caution. Listen, I understand Brad was almost at a safe part of the track when the field just kind of came towards him, but in my opinion, that's when NASCAR should have thrown the yellow. I think it was a 50-50 call. Whether you believe, well, if Elliott wasn't in the lead, then it would have been a yellow for anybody else. Fair if you would have thought that, oh, well, if Brad was at another part of the track, this would have been a yellow. I absolutely agree. However, there's, there's a few factors that play into this, and I think the big one is everybody was and everybody was there all day long trying to call this race through rain delays, lightning delays. The booth was probably tired. The officials were tired. It was midnight. Everybody just wanted to go home. And I think at that point, it, the fans were ready for, to go home. And for them to see Chase Elliott win, like, okay, a lot of the people there probably like the people's champ, Chase Elliott. So having him win after waiting all day long to get some racing in, I think that's valid. I think it's okay. The fans that were there can say like they had a good time after that. But I really do think safety concern-wise, for me, they should have thrown the yellow. But that's just my opinion. Let me know yours in the comments below. In our final segment, in down the line, let's talk about some silly season confirmation. Martin Truex Jr. this weekend confirmed that he would be coming back to the 19 car at Joe Gibbs Racing in 2023 for, at least right now, a one-year contract extension. So that's a big question mark taken off the table for a silly season. But what else do we have to look for? So in my opinion, silly season is not going to be totally crazy this year. I mean, the only major thing that could have happened was Martin Truex Jr. if he decided to retire. Another crazy thing that could happen that we don't have confirmation on is where is Kyle Busch going to go? Or is he going to get sponsorship? Is he not? I feel like Joe Gibbs Racing would be in absolutely insane to drop Kyle Busch. So they're going to find a way. I have a feeling that they're going to find a way to keep him there, especially in my opinion, he's one of the best drivers in this 
decade of racing. So losing Kyle Busch is just a non-option. But another crazy thing that kind of came up on Twitter too from Bob Pockrest is that Tyler Reddick's contract negotiations are taking a little bit, that he's expected to maybe stay at RCR, but things are kind of working slowly. So it's my thought that maybe Tyler Reddick is like, you know what, I needed better opportunities somewhere else. Maybe maybe that's with the 10, Eric Almarola, as he's retiring after the season, maybe Reddick is looking to take that role over. Or maybe Reddick's going to go somewhere else. I have no clue, but we're going to get back to my 10 car predictions in a second. But with Martin Truex Jr. specifically, this is his 17th season in the Cup Series. Next season will be his 18th. I have a feeling after next year, maybe he will retire and maybe he'll retire with Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick has already talked about 2023 probably being his last season on an episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Now, I think it was a good decision this year for Martin Truex Jr. to renew his contract because he is still competitive. He said he still has a competitive spirit. He still wants to fight in this season so far. He is very good in the point standings right now. He's really, I feel like, comfortably into the playoffs. Of course, he doesn't have a win yet, but he's right behind Brian Blaney in points, and I think he is safe to go into the round of 16. Now, of course, the question is going to be who's going to fill in the 19 car after he retires, either whether it's next year or the year after. Who knows? That's that's a valid question. But let's go back to our discussion on the 10 car. Who's going to fill that seat when Eric Almarola is gone? And with the 10 car of Almarola, like I said, maybe Reddick would fill that role. But I'm also thinking maybe Ryan Priest fills that role. And also Noah Gregson. I feel like it's time for him to move to the Cup Series full time. Maybe he switches manufacturers and goes to that. I feel like a team would be crazy to not consider Noah Gregson, regardless of manufacturer, for their car. So there's a lot to play with. But also something pretty crazy that we heard, too, is that Nice Motorsports might be looking at moving to Cup either part-time or full-time next season, according to their GM. And Harrison Hosovar would probably be the driver, is what he kind of talked about in a podcast. So... Very curious to see how that is going to work out or if it does at all, especially with how the charters are this season. Not sure how things are going to work out, but are, is there any silly season news, any silly season rumors that you've heard or that you might want to see happen? Let me know in the comments below because I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you all think. I think we got all of our topics covered from the last week of racing. So now let's rate this race above or below the yellow line. If you're new here, here is how it works. We rate the races on a scale of 0 to 100. 50 means this was an okay race. It was just kind of mid um and then we go to above 50 which means this race was good below 50 is not what we want that means this race was bad before i give my thoughts though let's hear what you all had to say from a twitter poll about 30 percent of you said this was a great race close to 39 percent of you said this was a good race 19 percent of you said this race was okay and 12 percent of you said this race was bad out of 131 votes Regarding your specific comments, though, Liam Griffin said, other than the lack of a caution at the end for the sixth car, it was a great race. The field passed a car that was barely making 45 miles per hour at speeds around 150 miles per hour. Dangerous no matter where he was in relation to the track. Who knows, they could have wrecked going into turn one or turn three. Elite Precision 29 said, first half was okay, second half was fantastic, but man, I gotta agree with Kyle Busch. These Gen 7 cars are worse in dirty air than the Gen 6. It's ridiculous how you lose the nose completely when riding in someone's wake. BMG12 said the race was good as it was, but if it is compared to how the other intermediates have been, it's probably the weakest intermediate race of the season aside from Texas. More or less shows how good these cars are at the 1.5 milers. James said I thought it was a good race other than the rain delay and lightning. Toyota is pretty much dominated, but I figured HMS was going to prevail at the end. Glad to see Blaney finish top three. Fords still need help. I absolutely agree. 
And of course, from our very own Adam Lucas, he said Nashville did not disappoint again, actually improving upon last year's great race. There was plenty of bursts of excitement between the lightning, weather delays, and I enjoyed it very much. However, the ending was controversial and had not settled well with me. The sixth car was a hazard on the track for the final three laps, barely making it back to pit road before the finish, yet NASCAR did not throw a caution for this. In the past, cautions have been thrown in these circumstances. It has not sat well with me, but looking past this, it was another successful event at Nashville Super Speedway. Thank you all again for participating in the Twitter poll and giving me your comments. Make sure to do that every single week. I'm going to be picking new people to put on above the yellow line. So thanks guys for participating. But for what I feel like this race deserves, let's, let's kind of break it down for a second. So first off, I feel like this racing product that we saw this year was much better than last year. Yes, I understand the rain is going to play a factor into this race because it kind of chunked up the action, but it also built some anticipation and built some urgency for these drivers because we never knew when the race was going to end, if there was going to be another rain shower popping up, stopping the action. Also, the broadcast, very, very good. I will say like 1,000 out of 10 for whoever made that graphic with the single lug nut, kind of explaining with Steve Letarte narrating why these single lug nuts are a little bit more difficult, why the wheels get loose on these cars. So that was very good. I mean, th there was a lot of effort put into that. Of course, too, if you saw like on the side of your screen when there was pit stops happening, they actually had the times, like the, the time it took to do a pit stop. So that's something that Fox's broadcast did not do. So having NBC do it, I'm like, hmm, well, we could have done it, but we didn't get that. So very fortunate for NBC's broadcast and the detail that they put in. I think they have the advantage, though, of listening to what people didn't like about the Fox broadcast this year, and they had time to really work on that and move it into their broadcasting. So yes, they have a little bit of an advantage. And of course, there's still things that they got to work on. Like I feel like the sound mixing was a little off. There was times where I had a hard time hearing the broadcaster themselves. Also, I understand if you were watching the Peacock broadcast or the live stream there, there were some ads from last season. Um, so, so that was a little unfortunate for you guys that were watching the live stream there. But overall, I think the broadcast was fantastic and they can only build off of it from here. That all said, with the actual racing product, it was racy. It was very good. I know that battle three wide between Chastain, Harvick, and Truex was very good. It lasted a few laps, which I didn't think was possible. Every time a guy got the lead in clean air, he got away for a little bit, but then he was kind of reeled back in by second place. There was a lot of back and forth, and I know that sometimes type of like yo-yo racing that we saw that we kind of didn't like last season, but I feel like at least this season you were actually able to make a pass at Nashville, which I appreciated very much, and it made this race very enjoyable. For that reason, I have to give this race a rating of 85%. I will say it might have been higher if I didn't feel like at the end of this race, that last call kind of took away from the win a little bit, but I will say 85% for Nashville is a pretty fair rating above the yellow line. So let me know what you thought of the Nashville race in the comments below, but now it's time to go to a preview of the Quick Trip to 50 presented by Jockey Made in America at Road America. What a mouthful that is, but guys, it's time to go to your track facts and driver stats for that race. For Road America, the track length is 4.048 miles to be exact with 14 turns. The race length is 62 laps or 250 miles. Stages 1 and 2 are 15 laps and the final stage is 32 laps. Now on to our driver stats. Just like Nashville, they're pretty boring because this only involves one driver as we've been to Road America in the Cup Series once. The last driver to win at the track was Chase Elliott. He also has the most track wins with one and the best average finish of first. The team with the most track wins is obviously Hendrick Motorsports in this case with one win and then the wins by manufacturer Chevrolet has one. Everybody else has zero. 
All right, lastly, we got to do our two watch two where we're going into Road America. Two guys I'm going to be worried about this weekend. Two guys I'm going to be watching this weekend to see if they can do well. We got to start with the negatives as always with our two worry. First guy we got to talk about is Kyle Larson. The reason I am concerned for Kyle Larson this weekend is because I don't want to see him have mistakes and I feel like that might happen. He had a speeding penalty at Nashville. That was a problem. And then of course, with the tire being lost at Sonoma, he lost the crew chief, the Jackman, and the tire changer. And at Nashville, I feel like without having that communication with Cliff Daniels until he had that, I think, second red flag break where they were really able to kind of talk and chat over whether it was Zoom or whether it was a phone call, I feel like Larson really wasn't there in the race until the very end. So not having that communication, I feel like is going to really affect him and already has. So that's why I'm going to be worried about Kyle Larson. And for the same reason, I'm going to be worried about Chris Buescher. If you remember Sonoma, Chris Buescher did incredibly well finishing in second place. He didn't have anything for Daniel Suarez at the end, but he still did really well at a road course, and I feel like he still can. Unfortunately, though, he's not going to have his core team there as he lost a tire at Nashville. So for that reason, I'm going to be concerned about Chris Buescher not being able to do as well as I think he could or as well as I think he needs to to get some points back. So two guys I'm going to be worried about for Road America, Kyle Larson and Chris Buescher. Now with our guys to watch, I gotta say it's a given, but Chase Elliott winning in Nashville, it's great momentum carrying into a race that he won last year at Road America. So I'm gonna see if he can do well. And of course, I feel like his biggest competition, maybe it's Austin Cendrick, maybe it's AJ Allmendinger, but I feel like it's Kyle Larson and it always kind of has been. And with Kyle Larson having his crew chief away, the Jackman and the tire changer, I feel like Elliott has an advantage over his teammate this time around. So I'm gonna see if he can take advantage of that and win at Road America. Another driver I'm gonna be looking at is actually Michael McDowell. If we look back at Sonoma, he did very well there, and he's been on the top 10 kind of streak, maybe not like in a row, but he's had the most top 10s this season than he's had in his entire Cup Series career. So I'm going to be looking for him to do well this weekend, and hopefully, of course, like I keep mentioning, that caution felt in an ugly place during the race at Nashville, kind of cost him a top 10 there, but seeing if he can get back on the train of top 10s at Road America. So who are your two watch to worry for Road America? What do you think of the silly season stuff and the ending of the Nashville race? Let me know in the comments below. But with that, we are done with this episode of Above Feel Line, the show where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series. This is your friendly reminder that the Road America race will be on USA this weekend. Not NBC, but USA starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to set your DVRs. Make sure to check that you have the channel beforehand because it will be on USA this weekend. And in case you forget during the week, we'll have reminders on our social media pages. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at underscore Taylor Kitchen underscore for post-race polls and daily questions. Also make sure to check out Above Feel Align on Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also make sure to check out TobyChristy.com on all social platforms to find great motorsports content and TobyChristy.com to hear and read more from the team and your favorite drivers. Last but not least, I gotta give a huge shout out to Xyloware and Haymaker Coffee for supporting Above Feel Align and TobyChristy.com. You can find all of our social pages linked in the description below, but before you check those out, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this with your friends and family, and guys, thank you so much for supporting us here at Above Feel Align and TobyChristy.com, and until next time, I'll see ya.